0: Good evening. It's time for Oscar Mike radio on the move lock through launch. As we say in Hawk, it is September 26th, a Thursday, 2019, number one, six, six. I'm so happy to have you all on, uh, this and the podcast and the live stuff and the Facebook and the YouTube and all that. And I'm really loving some of the engagement I'm getting in terms of people reaching out to me about things going on in their world that they do for veterans, events. And I'm really, really happy and humbled and grateful and excited for what's coming. And I was looking through uh, my episode list and said to myself, Self, it's been a while since I've done anything with uh, my military story. It's kind of an ongoing series where I kind of tell about my, um, you know, military experience. As brief as it was, it did have an effect on me. So um, here we go. Ask Mike Radio is thankful to my sponsors, Joyce Asac of Asac Real Estate, for her support of the podcast and veterans. If you buy a house through Joyce ASAC by way of this podcast, a donation will be made in your name to 22Kill. And I am excited that my most recent sponsor, um, Mark Holmes of Reaper Detailing and Power Washing, is a veteran doing his um, business and getting that going. Don't get it clean, get reaper So part eight of my military story, almost done with boot camp. (laughs) And people ask me all the time, what was the most heinous, worst memory or experience in boot camp? Was it the drill instructors, you know, being mean to you? Was it the early mornings or late nights? Was it the stress Was it the food? Was it seeing the airport where the real Marines go in San Diego? Was it any of that? What was it? Was it inspections? Firewatch? What? What is it, Travis, that was the worst part of boot camp? Everything is relative. Everything is relative. What? Bothers me, doesn't bother other people, and vice versa. And so I can tell you that the uh, worst part for me in boot camp, right up there with shot day, days, I mean, I, I, couldn't, I have never gotten that many shots in that period of time in my life ever and have worked very hard to make sure that never happens again. But that was not the worst. That wasn't even close. The absolute worst part of my boot camp experience was the gas chamber. And you might be asking yourself, well, well, why is that? What was the big deal? For most people, it's you walk in and you take off your mask and your nose runs and you walk out. So I'm going to try to tell you why the gas chamber, for me, was the worst part. (laughs) And the first thing you need to understand in boot camp, as in your entire military career, is any peculiarity or idiosyncrasy or particular attribute of your body or anatomy is going to be picked up on viewed with a microscope, and then used against you. And in my case, it it wasn't anything else. Well, it was two things. I'll get into thing number two at a later time. But for all of my Marine Corps career, the size of my cranium was an object of fascination for not only my fellow Marines, but my drill instructors could not believe it. They would literally bring other drill instructors into the squad bay and I'd stand at the attention and they would look at my head. They couldn't believe it. And one of the reasons was normal covers didn't fit me. Gas mask did not fit me. They they had now, and now in San Diego it, it's pretty easy to get kid up because It's where all the Marines go through. So there's not much they haven't seen. But when the old crusty dude in the uniform, you know, shop complains to the drill sergeant that his head is too big. Well, (laughs) you just bought yourself a whole lot of free attention that you really didn't need. And from that point on, the size of my cranium was a big deal, especially when it came to... Gain a gas mask that would actually fit. And it's been a while, so I forget all the model nomenclature names. But they they were debuting a new gas mask in um, boot camp around that time. That's back when the the reason it was such a a huge deal was because of the very real threat of NBC nuclear, biological, and chemical weapons from Saddam Hussein. So everybody uh, was really hammered in boot camp in the fleet about proper NBC protocol. Dawn and clearing of the gas mask, putting on the mop gear, all that stuff. And the mop gear is basically charcoal lined uh, clothing to protect you from you know, most things, not everything. And, well, the new uh, gas mask they had for uh, us recruits didn't quite fit right. It wouldn't seal right. If I remember correctly, it was like around this area of my mouth because my my head size hasn't changed, so it's just, sorry, it just is what it is. And I couldn't get a good seal. So what they did is you were supposed to be able to don your mask you know, suck all the air out and, you know, kind of do like this and show that you got it on to get a good seal. And it mine wouldn't do that. And for a while, I, I got nothing but grief because I was obviously doing something wrong. So they said, let's try the old gas mask on him. And it was an older gas mask used in the first desert storm or, or, or the desert storm in the, in the. Before Desert Storm, I forget. Again, I forget, but it was the the old one. It still works, still did its thing. I had nothing to worry about, but it was an older model, and this one worked. But again, the fact that my drill instructors had to put out this extra effort on top of everything else they had to do, again, brought me all kinds of free attention that I really don't want to remember and I became the object of a lot of great fascination and, and discourse about, you know, how my cranium got that big. And I acquired these names called Grape Ape, Big Head, Block Head. I mean, I could go on and on and on and some not so uh, flattering. So that was the, the first thing. And then the second thing is uh, they, they made us, you know, we're out doing our little field exercise. They go, you know, gas, gas, gas. And you just sit there and get this thing on. And, you know, they usually did it when, you know, you're either at a force march or a run. So you're, you're trying to calm down your breathing to put this thing on that restricts your breath. And you feel like you're going to hyperventilate and pass out. And of course, they're watching to make sure you don't cheat the system. Right. So that got real fun. And then for whatever reason, they built up the gas chamber and what was going to happen in excruciating detail before we even got there. And for whatever reason, look, I I didn't have a real problem in swim qual. I didn't have a problem on the range. I didn't have a problem doing the humps. This freaked me out almost as much as more than the shots, which really freaked me out. I'm not going to lie. I mean, the shot day was not... And there was no getting out of it either. There was nothing I could do. I was trapped. Trapped. That wasn't as bad as this. So you get issued your gas mask in second phase. At least that's how that happened in um, San Diego at the time. So we'd gone through first phase. We had rode up the bus from San Diego to uh, Camp Pendleton with our heads on the bus seats and can't see anything. You get off, you get in your little bivouac area, uh, the little, little, um, you know, barracks, squad bays, whatever at camp Pendleton, you do your, um, weapons and, and, you know, field issue, uh, you know, draw, draw that out and and get it on and you get issued your, get your gas mask. And they expected you to carry this thing everywhere you went and you slept with it and you went to, uh, the bathroom with it on. I mean, it went. Everywhere you went, and God help you if you lost it. Nobody in my platoon did that, but it was drilled in our head that this thing's supposed to be with you. So we're doing this, and all the time they're telling us about what, um, you know, NBC, that's again, that's nuclear, biological, and chemical weapons do to a person when they're exposed to it, and why this is important, and why we're doing it. Which was very un Marine Corps like. Usually, it's just do it and shut up and get it done faster. But again, the Marine Corps and their wisdom took great pains to tell us what radiation does to a body, uh, what um, different blood and and other kinds of nerve agents do to the human body. So, look, you had no problem selling me on the fact I needed to wear this thing. Absolutely no problem. But it just didn't make any sense to me that on on on. For like a better term, qual day, that we were going to walk into an enclosed space and take off our mask and breathe in gas that's not good for you. Like, I, I didn't get that. It's kind of like I don't need to go through childbirth to figure out that it's a pretty, like, traumatic thing. And, I, and look, I don't know how you women do it, much less want to do it multiple times, but much respect. It's kind of like the same thing. I don't need to get a root canal to figure out that that's gonna suck. So I didn't understand why I needed to breathe in this stuff to prove to me that gas is bad. But no one, no one cared. No one asked my opinion. And so, if I remember correctly, they got all the companies, and it was like we were golf company, and there was like. Uh, you know, Bravo, Charlie. Um, golf company. I can't remember. I can't remember. Honestly, I can't. Wow, I'm drawing a blank here. What I'm trying to say is there's like six of us, six companies uh, in, in golf and was like one of the last ones. And, and so you have to understand there's like 400 buyers they are going through this thing. And... The, the, the drill instructor said we want to go um, last so we get the full effect. You don't want to go first, recruits? No, you don't want to go first. Now, every other time my senior wanted to be first in line for anything, it didn't matter, which uh, really left an impression on me that, you know, being last in life sucks. But in this case, he wanted to be last so we get the full effect because it was his belief that. The, the, when the chambers first open in the morning for the first group, that's not really the true like experience of breathing the the CS gas. And what it is is the gas is militarized tear gas is, is what it is. And you know, that's what they have us do. And it was his belief that we should be like one of the last companies going through. So all the gas would build up over time and it would get all over the environment, and everything, so we could really experience that. <laughs> I'm not loving this. I am not thinking this is a good idea. And he had a very um, effective way of telling us if we did not participate fully, well, second phase for the rest of the second phase is going to suck. And I didn't want to find out what that is. So we march up to this area and it's not so much a chamber, but like this um, Quonsant hut or building that's that's kind of sealed. And there is, it, it, it's it's a long building, I remember. And it's not, wasn't a Kwanzaa hut because it was square. I'll get to that in a second. This is coming back to me. This is good. And you, you walk in the building with our gas mask on in formation, and we're all standing against the wall. And all I can say is, you know, your gas mask is on, and you're breathing normally, like, like, um, we could definitely smell the, the, the nastiness before we got there. We definitely knew that we weren't in Kansas anymore when it came to the air we breathe. But once we were told to don our mask, it was okay. I was like, okay, this is all right. This is not bad. This is, this is, this is okay. But I still didn't understand the, fa- the aspect of taking the mask off to breathe all this in. I, I didn't really get that. I really didn't like that at all, right? So I, I, I'm I'm not loving this, because I know what's coming next, we were told what's coming next, and we're all staying there. So the NBC uh, crew, the officer, and the uh, sergeants all make us hold our, our hands up like this, right? And we got to hold all of our our thumbs up, and to to and they're doing that to make sure that we can hear and follow instructions, and the sergeant says when, you know, I tell you to, I want you to take off your mask and sing the Marine Corps anthem. And, you know, we're all thinking, well, how hard is that? So I'm sitting there and you can, you can hear this compressor pumping the stuff in there. And I take off my mask and I go from the, and I start coughing and hacking. And the, the, the trick was, you were supposed to keep your hands and your thumbs up to show that you were actually coherent. And I'm like, I I can't do this. And allegedly we were only in there for like 30 to 45 seconds. It felt like a lifetime. It felt like a lifetime. It felt like I was in there forever. And you know, when they figured out we couldn't sing, they would go by and ask you your name and rank. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I can feel these snot wads, you know, coming out of my nose. My eyes are tearing up. It, it was just crazy. And I'm trying to get out my last name, which I don't have a short last name. I got a long last name with three hard consonants. I'm trying to spit that out. And I, I guess when they figured we had had enough, we were told to go outside and none of us, I don't believe any of us, you know, marched out. We all ran out, and there were people waiting with, like, buckets of water and, you know, to spray us down. The only thing I can sit there and tell you is uh, we were told, because we really couldn't get cleaned up, not to um, use our hands for a certain bathroom function. That would be a very bad thing to do, extremely bad thing to do. So I get out there, they, they they get the water in my face and I start clearing up and I, and I wipe all the the snot and the tears away and it just reeked like like this this gas had bonded to your clothes and your skin and you smelled like tear gas the rest of the day and there's just nothing you could do about it. And I didn't get that either. Why couldn't we take showers right after this thing had happened? Why if to stay in our clothes all day long? I didn't get it. I did not get it at all. I didn't like it. I mean, it, it was a very um, weird thing. I didn't have a problem with um, gas until I got to the fleet again, and, and again, it was due to the type of mask that I was issued. That's a different story for a different time. But it, it just—it's—it's um, it's funny how a piece of, of, of rubber with a filter and some you know plastic lenses can literally save your life because people don't believe me. I'm like, before I took the mask off, I was able to function. I probably couldn't run a, you know, PFT in this thing. I wouldn't want to do that, but I could definitely, you know, function. And what they do is, as you as you go through this and you get more proficient in the Marine Corps, uh, some units will take you out and make you, you know, shoot your rifle with a gas mask on. I know the, I know the infantry does. We never did that, but, um, you know, we did other things with gas that that was and was not fun. But that's it. That was um, the absolute worst, worst, I don't know, five minutes of the Marine Corps. And it felt like forever. So, um, no, not Marine Corps, but Marine Corps boot camp. For me, that was the worst. It was worse than getting shots, which was pretty bad. And not something I'm looking forward to doing again. Never liked it since then. Had a problem the fleet with it, and it just is what it is. And the funny thing was, it, it wasn't that long. It wasn't like doing a forced march. It wasn't like doing, um, you know, the intensive training, you know, they have us do when we mess up, or getting your bunk turned upside down at nine o'clock at night. That was all stuff I could do and deal with. Uh, Not being able to breathe properly really freaked me out. So that's my story. Um, Just thought it was funny. Hadn't done one in a while and and wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit. And speaking of shifting gears, let's do this. So now I'm going to talk about some upcoming events with some vet orgs that uh, I've come across and this one I'm going to talk about for a couple minutes uh, these guys here they're called frost call and I will have uh, the link to their Facebook group in the blog post and if you're watching this video there's a link to the Facebook page in the video description right and what and I saw the these guys at the 2019 Greater Boston Showdown, stand down, excuse me, put on by the New England Center and Home for Veterans. And I'm like, of all the things that I see there, I usually see people cutting hair or offering different services. The Registry of Motor Vehicles is there, so on and so forth. But I, I see a tent and I see computers and not just not just a little cheap, you know, Lenovo or, you know, HP computers. I mean, these were like legit, like, Race, race horses, these were built to run computers, right? And they told me that they're trying to do this thing where they bring the PCs to the VA and have veterans do like co-op gaming. And I'm like, I thought that was pretty cool. So I checked out the uh, Facebook page and reached out and they're having an event Friday night at, J- at Jamaica Plain VA, September 27th. And they need help setting up. And it just so happens I'm going to be able to work this out. So I'm going to go up there and check this out and see what it's all about. But I just think it's interesting in a time where, you know, video games get a bad rap all the time. that some veterans figured out a way to, you know, take video games and connect with other people. Look, I got to tell you what, we had some intense Madden battles in the Marine Corps. Resident Evil was king. I mean, even early lieutenants played Resident Evil. There was, there was no game like it back when I went in. I mean, uh, Tomb Raider had just come out. Final Fantasy VII was a big deal. Uh, if you were on the PC, uh, you were playing um, Baldur's Gate or one of the flight simulator games. Um, but video games now, of course, are, are different. So they, they bring these computers and have them all like fully rigged up, ready to go, and they do big, uh, you know, player versus player uh, matches, which I, I think is great. I think it's great that they do this and I'm interested in learning more. So, again, the link to the Frost Call Facebook page will be into this video's description and you go to OscarMicroRito.com and, you know, get the, the link to the uh, Facebook page there. Speaking of Facebook page, i appreciate if you like, share, especially if you're watching this and you like it, please like and share. And let me know that you're out there. So let's see here. The last thing I want to talk about, and I'm really excited about this. Um, I, I Again, I saw uh, this organization at the 2019 Veterans Expo, which was at the Brockton VA. And if I'm saying this wrong, I'm sorry, but I believe it's Hadra uh, for Heroes, H-E-I- I D R E A. Hydra for Heroes. It's not Hydra. It's Hydra for Heroes. And what this organization does is do a lot of really structured, focused outreach for veterans, and you know, around you know, professional seeking jobs or connecting with veterans for professional development and networking. It's a really cool org. Um, I actually know one of the people who work there. I want to say a big hello to Leanna. Hope you're watching this. Looking forward to talking with you soon on Oscar Mike Radio. But that being said, they're having a Veteran Appreciation Brunch and Apple Picking. And it's Saturday. The brunch is from 10 to noon. And Apple Pickings from 12.30 to 3 out in Franklin, Mass., and i don't know about um well in illinois when i was living there um, we'd pick apples this time of year but in new england ladies and gentlemen this is like a a, a fall rite of passage is to go to a, a farm or an orchard and pay i don't know it's like 20 bucks and fill the bag full of apples and you can go to the grocery store and get the same number of apples for about six bucks but you're going to pay a lot more than that. And the, the, the draw is you get to um, pick them yourself and pick them out and they're fresh and it's, it's pretty cool. But the reason I kind of wanted to draw attention to this is I believe these kinds of events are very important. A lot of veterans events, you know, are, you know, for vets and, and, you know, we're drinking, I don't drink, but, you know, there's drinking going on and, you know, guys having good times and, People uh, having fun cutting loose. This is more of a family-friendly event. So I, I think, you know, these kind of events that don't necessarily involve alcohol are very important and very important support. I'm going to see about uh, possibly going out there and bringing my my uh, crew to uh, get some apples. work on my uh, Apple Crisp. Because I've never made an Apple Crisp before, but I do love them. I do. I do. So... Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, again, I wanted to, you know, tell one more chapter of my story, just a little funny five minutes out of my entire Marine Corps career that's pretty, pretty small. It started the whole thing with the, uh, making fun of my head. Again, I appreciate my sponsors for their support and, uh, check out, um, check out Frost Call and, uh, Hadra for Heroes. You won't be Sorry. And I'm going to end with, there's some really cool stuff coming down the uh, launch rail for uh, Oscar Mike Radio. And you're going to see this thing that I'm calling uh, Oscar Mike on the Dark Side. And it's going to be still under the Oscar Mike Radio um, umbrella, but it's going to be a very different type of production than what you're seeing here. Not for the faint of heart, not for uh, kids necessarily. For veterans, by veterans, talking about veteran stuff in a very open format. So I'm announcing it here first, and you will start seeing some info about that. So this ends 166. Again, thanks for stopping by, checking it out. I really, really appreciate all the uh, engagement I've gotten in the last six months um and thanks for keeping all the ideas coming in Uh, i'm travis we are on the move lock through launch